Welcome to Shooks and Gifts, Season 6, Episode 4, The Canadian Gens Talk Accessibility. In this episode, I am joined by the wonderful Jennifer Cassatod, and we are going to share a whole bunch of tools for accessibility for students, for adults, for everyone. It's awesome. We both learned so much. Great talk. Let's give it a go. Welcome to Shooks and GIF, the podcast where I share EdTech treasures I love. Each episode, I share a tool, website, tip, trick, or more that you might find helpful for you or your learners. I'm your host, Jen Giffen. Let's give it a go. Hey, Jen. Hey, Jen. How does a cat take its steak? I don't know. How does a cat take its steak? Rawr. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's so bad. <laughs> Hello, Shooks and Gifts listeners. I am here. I'm I'm actually doing this on a regular basis. Yay, I'm so proud of myself. I have a wonderful friend of mine here today. We are known globally by maybe half a dozen people <laughs> as the Canadian gens. Uh my great friend Jen Cassatod is with me. Jen Cassatod is, um, well, as she says, she is a wife. She is a mother. She is a- an advocate for um, digital citizenship. She's an author. She's an inspiration to me. She's a fellow teacher librarian. I absolutely adore her. We went out for coffee last week, was it, Jen? Last week were we out for yes, coffee? Yeah. And we were talking and she started telling me something about, well, we'll get to it. She telling me something and I said, oh, Jen, this is amazing. Tell me. And then I said, no, wait, Will you come on Shooks and Gif and we can talk about it there? And we made it happen and she's here. So Jen Cassatod, welcome. Tell the audience what I missed and what we're going to talk about today. Go ahead. Thank you. You didn't miss anything. Uh, That's me in a nutshell. And I loved getting together with you. And it's always amazing to me when we get together how... We could spend an hour or we could spend 10 hours <laughs> chatting. We, I think we could spend 14 days and not run out of things to say. Um, I love it. I love our time together. It's not as frequent as I would like, considering we live so close together, uh, near each other. So we started to talk a little bit about AI, of course, because everyone's talking about chat GPT. And I remember saying to you that... Um, you know, it's too bad that some teachers' responses is to go back to paper and pen um, because AI can be such a powerful accessibility tool um, and has been for many, many years. And so you said, oh, let's talk about accessibility. And so here I am. So good. And so how how is it that you got into the accessibility world? Because as a, as a teacher librarian, I don't think a lot of people would think that's something we do. We think about special ed resource teachers, maybe even more so Google, like classroom teachers to a certain degree. But I know why it's valuable, but how did you get into it? Was it through this? Was it before this? How did it come about? Yeah, so um, I was a special education teacher um, many, many years ago, and then I moved into a district role as a literacy consultant and had the honor of working um, with the special ed consultant um, in order to support students with reading and writing, obviously within my role. And I worked with someone named Michelle Kim, and we created some professional learning opportunities for teachers, um, whereby we brought them through simulations. Um, So what does it like to be a student who has 
has a perceptual reasoning issue or a verbal comprehension or a working memory problem, right? Or executive function. What does that look like? What does that feel like? What does that sound like? And then after the simulations, we talked about the extent to which students you know, with some of those exceptionalities or learning needs really needed support and accommodations. Because as we know, students with a learning disability have usually average to above average intelligence. And so if they're given the right accommodations, they could be really successful. And so that was a, a priority with us. Um, and, and we did lots of work together around that. Um, recently, I did a keynote for the Manitoba Computer Education Association around the topic and so, um, you know, I, again, it's been for forefront in my in my mind, but so too a couple of years ago, I'm sure you remember this. Um, I also uh, had a concussion. I got a concussion and was off work for almost nine months. I do remember and, that. Yeah, and so it, it's interesting to me because I was talking accessibility at the district level when we were, I mean, we moved away from that clunky Kurzweil. I don't know if you remember that. It's oh, just, I do. You know, it, it like students hated using it. There was such a stigma. And then we we moved into something called Google Read and Write, which is so inexpensive that the entire school board has it. And I think that's true for a lot of districts and school boards. And so I was so excited about showing uh, teachers. I was engaged in a journey to 2020. It was called at the time. I can't believe it's 2023 now um, where I was showing teachers. We were bringing in iPads, we were bringing in Chromebooks and I was showing teachers how to use accessibility. And then when I accessibility tools rather, and then when I got this concussion, I was like, holy crap. <laughs> Oops, sorry. I know this is PG. But um Well, I, I would I, say I, I, I would say we're PG adjacent on this show. So crap is okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but but I absolutely relied on the accessibility tools, especially on my phone, to literally participate in the world. Um, I was in a dark room for a long, long time. And if it wasn't for Siri, um, I, I just don't even know where I would be, right? Um, I used reminders often. Um, my voice to text was my lifeline to my family, to my friends. Um, you know, the audio features, being able to to listen to things using the audio features on my phone. I was able to, to listen to tweets. I mean, it was awkward, but I was still able to participate in the community. And it really brought home to me how significant an impact um, accessibility tools can be and are. Um, audiobooks. I used to be the, no, you're not reading a book unless you're reading a book. And I'm like, no, I've read books like using Audible, right? Or, or audiobooks. Um, and so that's really kind of where my keen interest has come. It was a combination of my district work, um, my, my work as a special education teacher, and then my own experiences with my concussion. I think I, I think you've made a valid point there, Jen, that today the, the tools that you're sharing and that I'm going to share are not just for students who have learning exceptionalities. They really when we talk about exceptionalities, I always go back to UDL. And when I first started learning about UDL and this idea that, you know, necessary for some good for all, I sat in these trainings and I was like so perplexed. I was like, you mean people don't let everyone just do all of this stuff? And, you know, the fact that we can be so rigid in our in our teaching at times, like, oh, no, you get the extra time and you don't. I'm like, but you never know what's going on. Like, you might have a student with a concussion. You might. And further to that point, sometimes it's not only our students. It might be adult learners we're working with, be it our colleagues, um, our support staff, whatever it happens to be. These tools really can help 
everyone. I use a ton of them myself. Um, I've learned a lot about a lot of them with my eldest son who um, has an executive functioning diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And there's so much that I've learned with him that a, I'm pretty sure that I have adult functioning ADHD as well. Um, but <laughs> I, uh, I also have started to realize I'm like, wow, this, this really helps me. And like you said, with the audiobooks, like I read 69 books last year, four of them were on paper. Um, the rest of mm -hmm. them were 65 of them were audiobooks. Could I tell you about those books? Absolutely. Could I do all the things that we say we want to do with literature and with reading the discussion, the understanding that I, I making the connections, I can do all of that. Even though I'm someone said, um, I, I read it with my ears instead of my eyes once to me about audiobooks. <laughs> and I loved that. So okay, now that we know where we're setting the stage, let's share some stuff. As always, guests go first, let's we'll sort of ping pong back and forth. I have some small ones. Um, Jen had a whole list of listeners. So I was like, Oh, I'm just gonna back out and, and do some learning here. But I'm sure I'll, I'll add as we go. So what Jen Cassatod is your first share to listeners about accessibility tools that are awesome. Okay, so my first share honestly is Google Read and Write because here's the thing. Uh, we know that students can use it for, in Ontario, we have a standardized test, OSSLT. We know that they can use it for a standardized test. We know that they can use it on the exam. But I don't think as teachers that we emphasize it enough with the entire class, right? So we can destigmatize it. Um, you know, by sharing it. And honestly, I could be teaching an IB extended essay class. I was doing my master's using Google Read and Write. Um, the highlighting tool, right? I can highlight pieces. I can then collect the highlights and it creates this entirely new document for me. For our students with, um, you know, who have trouble focusing, you can use the scan uh, feature, right? So it just isolates parts of text. And there are other tools where you have to pay for that where i use that one right it's there all the time constantly so right? yeah that's yeah. that's the the screen reader or the no what do they call it it's yeah. like, there's an there's a name for it john what is it it's not the blackout the i don't remember but it, it, it darkens the rest of your screen either. you can choose how exactly. how tall it is so for me i said with my because i also have a mild form of dyslexia so the the white on black text that we see on most pages really hops around for me so i would sit like i would with a book and like follow my finger along on my screen and this just allows me to really quickly like okay i'm gonna go down i'm gonna go down i'm gonna go down and and that does it for me with just you know my trackpad or my mouse i love that it's probably my favorite feature in read and write yeah yeah, I love it too, and I use it all the time. And I would say the other really cool feature Screen is Simplify mask. Text. Screen Mask, that's what yes, it's called. Yes, 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 perfect. Um, but the Simplify Text feature, I could be on a website. You know how websites, I mean, they rely on ads so much. Um, so there's stuff everywhere. And for a student who has trouble focusing or who has ADHD or has problems with perceptual reasoning, like in visual motor uh, skills issues, then it, it just gives us text. And sometimes I will pull up a website and then do that with my kids and just so they can see, look, <laughs> here it is, a simplified version. Um, there's also the a prediction and, and a, like, just a whole slew of tools. So I cannot, cannot stress enough how uh, important it is for us to use those tools with all of our students 
frequently, just modeling it, showing it to them so that the students who truly need to use that tool don't feel like it's just them. And then students who just had no idea that the, of its capabilities can use it to their benefit as well. So that would be my first share. Love, love, love it. Um, the second, do I just keep talking? No, you know what? I'll, <laughs> I'll jump in. Me? I'll jump in because I have, um, I have, I have one that I want to piggyback on that. But I also want to ask a question. I might be putting you on the spot with this, and if we don't know, then I'll do. I'll dig in and do some research because I'm sure it is. It is paid, and you said, like you said, it's it's very accessible pay. Like it's it doesn't cost a lot per student. But it there are free. There's it's freemium, right? There's some that are available. Do you remember which of the tools are available for free off the top of your head? Or like I said, I can dig in and I can throw it into the show notes. No, nope. I do not because we have had it for so many years same, that same. I literally use it through my district. So I'm sorry. I don't know nope, that. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. And the podcast done because Jen doesn't know Look anything. No, I'm just joking. I'm <laughs> just joking. <laughs> Fired. You're the worst. Um, I will. I will absolutely look it up. Okay. So one thing I can say is like you said, the, the, um, the ability to take out the ads and, and take away all those distra- distractions. Awesome. Awesome. Especially, you know, when I use that one, when I want to print something. I'm like, I don't want all exactly. of these other ads in there or the images because yeah. I just want something that I can, because I actually really like to read on paper still. Um, if you do not have Google Read and Write, and if that's not one of the free features, because I, I don't remember whether it is or not, there is a great extension. It used to be called Mercury Reader, but it is now mm. called Post Light Reader. Post Light Reader. And it is a, a Google Chrome extension. And same thing, you can be on a website. It's a little rocket ship. You just go up to your little extensions, click it, and boom, everything is gone. It gives you a really clean, nice copy. Um, I don't remember if I can change the fonts in it. Like I'm thinking to go to a Lexend font or something like that for mm-hmm. those who have dyslexia. I don't remember that. But I do know that's the one I use almost all the time, particularly if there are a lot of pop-ups. So that would be my first share. Post Light Reader to eliminate ads and just get a nice clean copy of text for any website. Okay, that's mine. Love. You're Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, well, the other thing, I don't know uh, when the last time you were in your notes uh, feature, and this is if you have an, an iPad or an iPhone, um, but there used to be something, again, it was paid for by the school board. It was called Snapverter. Yes. And I used to demo this all the time. So I opened up my Snapverter. I took a picture of a, a document. And before the teacher could continue handing out those you know, paper handouts, that student could have it in their Google Drive. And Snapverter usually is uh, purchased in collaboration with Google Read and Write. You'd have to check your district. But now you don't even need that. Um, now I can go into my notes app, I can click on the camera, and I could press scan documents, and it will literally create an accessible PDF for me when I take a picture of a chapter in a textbook or, or, or a handout or any piece of paper whatsoever, which is brilliant. And you can annotate it as well. And it's completely free, though you have to have an iPhone. So how free is that really? Not, not um, as free as we game. think. It's a, no, yeah. Um, so And you can use the markup features within your phone as well. Um, and it's totally a game changer. I do love that one. I use that. And did you know, you don't even know, need to go into the tool. If you're just on your home screen for that and you long press the notes, one of the options that pops up is scan document. 
and you can do it right there. You hit scan, it scans it, and boom, it goes right into your notes so you don't have to open. One less click, save those nanoseconds. I'm all about that. The listeners who have been here for a while know. I know, is that fun? Love it. So another thing yeah. you can do, I will, I'll pick up, look at this, everything you say, I'm just gonna be like, oh, I have something to add to that. This is amazing. <laughs> so the other thing I love, and I just used it last week, and I was like, I can't believe I remembered to do that. I love this feature. If you have a, speaking of free, but not really free, if you have an iPhone and a Mac, and you want to scan something directly onto your Mac, you can go into Finder. So that's where you have all of your tools. And you can right click in Finder just in a blank area. And one of the things, I'm, I'm just going to go through this and make sure I'm getting the steps right. So let me bear with me for one second while I open my Finder. Here we go. I can right click in an area and, oh, no, 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 I'm just going to go to an actual blank area in this Finder. Where the heck, where am I? Oh, I know why, because I'm not in a real area. Yeah, you can right click and it will say import from iPhone. So I scroll down to that and it says, hey, and it will list whatever other Apple devices you have. So if you have um, an iPhone or if you have an iPad, it will say the name of your iPhone or iPad. And then it says, take photo, scan document, add sketch. And what this does is it opens, in my case, my iPhone. It'll say, you know, import from Gina. That's my iPhone's name. I name everything. Um, Import from Gina. So I grab my phone and I say, yeah, all of a sudden my camera on my phone turns on and that same scanner that we see in notes will turn on. So I have it. I say, yep, scan. And then what happens is the picture I've taken on my phone is automatically saved in that folder on my Mac. Did you follow? (laughs) Did you know that one, Jen? I did not. I love that one. So uh, because I now accessibility aside, often I'll have like, let's say I want to put in some sort of claim for like a massage or a chiropractor appointment that I had and I need the the documentation proof and I have a paper copy. I'm like, oh, I have to do this and then this. All I do is just go into my computer, do that right click, import from iPhone, take the picture and there it is waiting for me. And then I can upload it straight from my computer. Again, like all those little steps. Fussing with AirDrop or anything. Exactly. And, And yeah. Yeah, I don't have to save it on multiple devices, which I also love. So that is how you save directly from your, or take a picture rather, or scan directly from your phone. You almost use it as the like scan camera like we used to have sort of in the early 2000s. Love it. Okay. Love. All right. So, well, let's, let's keep talking about Google um, just because um, there, there are so many accessibility features, even within Google docs. Um, So when you go into Google docs and you go into tools, Mm -hmm. you can enable voice typing. And that is just a game changer for students with slow processing speed or verbal comprehension issues. Kids Mm -hmm. who have trouble formulating thoughts on paper, but they can orally formulate their thoughts. So that's really, really, cool um and then i I didn't know this at first but you actually have to enable smart compose and smart compose is when you know in gmail i think it's automatically enabled so it, it anticipates what i want to say it uses ai to anticipate what i want to say so i'm always saying on you know hi friends it's just a gender gender neutral way of addressing people. And people know that when it's Miss Gastaz says hi friends. So now Google knows me enough to start my emails with hi friends. No, that's <laughs> amazing. Hey, Swear. So funny. <laughs> but that's that. <laughs> but that's that's smart compose, right? So it it um, uses AI, AI and it determines what it is that you're going to say or gives you some suggestions. Um, and it, that happens in Gmail. But if you go into a Google Doc and again, you go into tools and you go into preferences, you can enable a smart 
you it just says show smart compose suggestions you also want to make sure it says automatically correct spelling so you don't have to do that extra um step um hold on hold on what 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 i Oh, I, I, this I did not know. So I, I wondered in some cases why I think in one of my accounts, I do have a smart compose happens in my, in my Gmail, but not in my school account. And I'm wondering if it's that, but you're saying there's another little tick box that will, instead of me having to go back and every time I write students, S T U D E T N S, which every time I don't know my fingers do that, but every time that's, it'll just. Yes. Oh, I'm, yes. so, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do this as soon as we're done. I'm it'll automatically it. it'll automatically capitalize words. We know how students uh, don't capitalize. I mean, they still have to look it over. Um, but you can click that. You can use smart quotes. You can automatically detect links. Automatically detect lists. Automatically correct spelling. Show smart compose suggestions. Show smart reply suggestions, and then show link details. And this yeah, is you this is enable them. Gmail only? You're saying docs as well? No, in docs, preferences, and then general. Yeah. I love this. I know what I'm doing after we record. <laughs> well, yeah. And I'm not as familiar with Windows, but I know that I did some preliminary research and Windows has a smart compose feature as well. It has a voice to text feature as well. You just have to look it up and you're using like the Windows uh, sign and H, I think, for um, voice typing. I, I, like I said, I'm not as familiar with Microsoft. It's on my to do list. I want to go through and learn more about it because I know they have some incredible accessibility tools too but yeah I would actually say that the accessibility tools I've seen with Microsoft are ahead of what I've seen with Google but like you I'm so entrenched in the world of Google because that's what we use on the daily at work and I also would like to learn yeah. more about Microsoft and uh, the, the tools they have there's part of me that sort of wishes we did go dual tracked as much as that would be annoying just to force my learning because you know, there's only so many hours in the day and I'm like, is this really where I want to spend the time when it's only benefiting me? I'm not so certain. But yeah, they, they do have great things like are you going to talk about it? Are you do I see it in there? Do I see the immersive reader? Do you have it? No, you oh, do not. no. So but immersive reader. Yes. Talk uh, about that. Immersive reader in um, in Microsoft tools is amazing it allows you to mm -hmm. do a lot of the things that a lot of things actually that we see if I'm in Google read and write a lot of it is there um they also have what i love about the immersive reader there's a, there's another tool that i downloaded it's an extension that mimics immersive reader but everywhere not just in um in microsoft tools and you can right click anywhere on any website and it'll be like hey here's the immersive tools that you can get into but i'll put a link to everything that's in the immersive reader so if you are a micro or yeah microsoft uh, district or you're someone that's using Microsoft a lot it is absolutely something um, to check out and like I said it was when I saw immersive reader that I thought oh there are a couple of steps ahead of Google on on this so I knew it would be coming eventually but um, it's it's phenomenal it's a great accessibility tool for any any person using the the Microsoft suite of tools for sure and Microsoft flip now that it's flip uh, though I believe they always had immersive reader as part of it, um, is also really great for students who uh, require that extra support as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like I can't go a single um, podcast without uh, without mentioning Flip. I love Flip so much. Uh, I, right? I had a, I had a I funny know. joke at FETC because people are still calling it Flipgrid. For those of you who don't know, you know, by this point, I, I would think that you do, but they, they renamed themselves last June. 
And at FETC, which was probably the first, like, other than ISTE, where they announced it, so no one was ready for it. I would say FETC was the biggest first conference um, that's around that people were there and presenting and talking about Microsoft Flip. And they were like, and Flipgrid, I mean, Flip. And I I tweeted out that, like, if we had a dollar for every time, or if we donated a dollar for every time someone said said Flipgrid instead of instead of flip and it's not even really supposed to be microsoft flip but the name flip is just it's too short you don't like you need to you know i don't know you need to amend it with something um imagine all the money we could raise for a wonderful charity it'd be millions millions of dollars we would raise but anyway all right so well at ISTE, and unfortunately you weren't there so sad it was when they launched flip um like i have a flip bag and i have flip socks and their their um their launch was incredible incredible they, really, yeah. really incredible nobody knows so, how to even, party even like then, flip even yeah even being part of that launch and you know having having had that much more experience i still say flip grid all the time so that's okay oh well that's okay okay so we're back after immersive reader what else do you have okay well um if you don't have google read and write and you want that text to speech um there is an app uh it's web-based too called speechify Um, And Speechify is great for students with verbal comprehension issues or any students with uh, perceptual reasoning as well. Um, And it's just great. I I think it might be freemium as well, but a lot of the features are for free. Like you just um, have it read to you, which is great. Yeah. And I like having different Um, options too, right? the interface yeah. for certain students might work on one tool versus another. So as much as we, like, I, I really believe in streamlining and giving a tool that we can all support, but it may not work for everyone. So knowing, like having a couple more in that tool belt to be like, mm, this one doesn't seem to be working for this student or this person. Perhaps we could try this one instead. And if it works better for them, then, you know, I've always equated it to, okay, yeah, you use one platform, but it's going to be pretty easy to, like when people move over to front to Google from the Microsoft world, I'm like, you have the experience and there's going to be a bit of a learning curve because buttons are in a different place, but you'll know the functionality for the most part is going to be there. So just like poke around, don't be afraid to push the buttons and you're good to go. Okay. I, um, one thing that I've noticed in Google lately, it actually just got released this week is that you, you can have captions in a Google meet. Like Jen and I are actually meeting on a Google meet right now. We're not live in person. And we, uh, despite the fact that we live like 20 minutes from each other, um, you know, it's Sunday morning. Um, we, uh, they announced this week that in Google meet, you can have your captions in your meet, which they've had for a while, but now the recordings will include captions should you want to. So when you start recording it, you can you can choose, yes, include the captions there. So that after the fact, if the recordings weren't turned on, um, anyone who's watching doesn't have to use an external tool to have those. So anyone with a hearing impairment doesn't have to be like, okay, now I'm turning on this other tool to be able to watch this video of this Google Meet. They'll be right there baked in the recording, which I think is a wonderful step for accessibility. And even, you know, I use captions all the time. Like when I am watching... TV and I, I think in the last episode I talked about this. Same. Like, give me a holler if and I've done it since my kids were little to increase literacy. So anyone with little kids, it's a really great thing because they see the words and then they hear them. And I've asked my kids now who are like preteens, like, do you read the words? And they're like, yeah, yeah, often we do. And they hadn't really realized it. I like it because I'm usually multitasking, and so I'll hear something like, what they just say, and then I can look up and read back to to what was said um or if i'm on my treadmill which is currently broken so sad um but if i'm on my treadmill it allows me to hear it uh, a little bit better to well hear it but understand it better too i have captions on all the time 
Yes, so do I. And I think I think I'm losing my hearing, or at least the kids say I can't hear anything. And uh, it really helps in that regard, too. They're the ones who first uh, introduced it to me. They always use captions. My kids who are now adult children. Um, and uh, now I can't I can't seem to watch a show without turning it on. If it's off, I turn it on. The only annoying thing is if you're watching something in another language. So um, I was watching... I don't know if I should share again, PG adjacent, but the white Lotus and it takes place in Messina, Italy. Um, and I love stuff like that. Right. So, uh, but they, it, it does a terrible job of translation, but that's okay. That's funny. That's, that's funny. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So another tool my high school students use all the time. So I've sort of, uh, known about this tool for a while and i think you were saying your students use it too it's called quillbot yeah now teachers are very skeptical about this tool because students could take a passage from google put it in quillbot standard and it will paraphrase the text so that it's not technically um cheating anymore and so this is that classic case where you need to know this tool exists so you can have a conversation with your students about this tool right yep. um but what it also does is it and and now i've spoken to kids and i said do you think that quillbot actually helps you as a student and this one student michaela said i think i think it does because what she uses it for is she will take a passage that she's written and she will put it in quillbot and use the formal um feature and the formal feature is free some of the other features um like simplifying text are not free um but formal is and it 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 just makes her she in her words it makes my writing sound better and i'm learning new words and i think if we can model it that way that's fantastic right yeah um so so quillbot is you know it's it's a great way even there's a fluency free um so you can put something in and it will help you kind of like what grammarly might do um but it shows you how you can make this the pair the sentence or the paragraph better too yeah, Quillbot was a new tool to me, maybe, and I want to say November, December, I learned about it. I was sitting. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I had, we we have our big interactive TV and I had the fire going. So we put a big fireplace on really, on really snowy days, um, sort of as a joke and be like, come warm up by the fire and the kids will stand there and put their like hands in front of it and giggle. And and I was sitting there and I had a student come in and he was like, hey, miss. And I actually had pulled around. We have this like rounded couch thing. He's like, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm working on um uh, presentation about chat GPT. Have you heard of this tool? And he's like, no, I haven't. And this is a student, 12th grade, um, uh, MLL student, right? Multi-language learner. He's in regular streamed classes now, but he's just out of taking ESL classes. And he said, what, what, what's that? And I said, oh, and I showed him and his eyes nearly bulged out of his head. He was like, why are you showing me this? I could cheat all the time. And so we had a really good, we had a really right? good conversation about ethical yeah. and, and build my, my analogy is always, it's great that you want to go to university, but your job or your goal should be to graduate from that post-secondary institution, not just get into that. And I got that from a former colleague of mine, Wendy Grandin, who was actually a former teacher of mine as well um, in high school. And Wendy used to say that. And I take that analogy one step further to say, if you're going to build your dream house, like I just did a, a huge renovation on my home a year ago. And you know, imagine I was building that home from scratch, like from nothing. I would make sure that I have a really strong foundation so that house doesn't implode, right? I don't want the house to fall in on itself. So when I build my basement, I'm not going to build a basement out of straw. And if I'm choosing to use 
chat GPT to write all my essays and never have to think about anything. Eventually, it's going to catch up with me. And what's going to happen? Think about kids who are like your really bright kids who never had to study for tests and they get to grade 11 or 12. And they're like, I don't know how to study. And now this material is really hard. And not only do I have to learn the material, but I have to learn this skill. So the more we can build strong foundations, the better off we are. It's like pay me now or pay me later. Paying you later is going to cost a lot more, right? It's It's like saving, like for our kids' education. If we can start saving... When they're born a little bit, it's going to be better than in the like three years before they they go away to school somewhere. So I had that conversation with him. At any rate, this is the scenic route I was talking about before we started recording. Like we eventually get there with me, but there's going to be a lot of tangents and a lot of stories. Um, so and he said to me, he goes, oh, miss, he goes, it's sort of like a really amped up Quillbot. I said, what's Quillbot? And he said, oh, and he, so we went to Quillbot and he showed me, he's like, yeah, it just paraphrases things. And he explained like you mm-hmm. did, you could like push it in and do. And then we started exploring those tools as well. And there were even tools there that he didn't know. So I think it's important for teachers, like you said, to be aware so that we can see how it can be used and then encourage students to use it in an ethical way that's going to assist them to build that strong foundation. So that like, if we're thinking the basement is their, you know, K-12 years, and then, you know, their upper floors are either going to be post-secondary or out to job industry. We need to make sure they're ready for that and that strong foundation is there. So I think us knowing those tools really inside and out and, and having the conversations with the students who can show you that when you don't, don't be afraid of those conversations is paramount to what we do with using digital tools in education. Absolutely. And I think one of the really important, I think what we need to do is ask reflection questions too. We understand how significant metacognition is to learning, right? But even just asking that student, do, does Quillbot make you a better writer? And, you know, does chat GPT actually help you improve your learning or your writing? Or are you using it as like a crutch or a tool? Because I know that when my daughter was really stuck on writing an essay, I showed her how to use chat GPT. She's in university. And she's like, why are you showing me this? And I said, if if chat GPT is your starting point, that's fine. That's great. Because I know she has trouble putting her thoughts down on paper. She's always had verbal uh, comprehension issues since she was a little girl, right? If that's where you end, then that's a problem. Like you said, there's no foundation there. But if that's where you begin, is that really cheating? Or is that just what we do? We utilize tools in order to to work and create and build because that's what we would do in the real world, right? Absolutely. So, I, I've no. done that myself yeah. for brainstorming. Like I, I, rem- I was writing something and I, I got stuck and I'm like, there's more to this. There's more to this. And I went to GPT, ChatGPT, and I said, you know, I asked the question that I was looking for and I looked and I'm like, yep, have that, have that. Oh, that's a good one to have that, have that. And just even as a tool to help brainstorm, right? We don't always have you know, the students don't always have the teacher there to have that conferencing. So why not have tools that can allow students to have that same sort of discourse and, you know, percolation time and um, Mm -hmm. fostering and and flourishing of ideas. There's there's so much good that can come from it. Now, kids are going to cheat, but guess what, friends? Kids have been cheating since I was school in school in the (laughs) 80s. So this is not new stuff, not new stuff. No, anyway, no, not at all. Okay, let's move on. Okay. Um, so rewordify. This is something that I have used for years and years, and I showed teachers about. And so what that does, so Quillbot asks you to pay for this feature, but rewordify is 
um, is a tool to simplify text. So I've used it as a teacher when I found like a really great article, for example, but the Lexile count was just too high for my grade nine open class. Um, yeah. So I would put it in Rewordify and it literally simplifies the text for me. Um, any students who are really struggling with some vocabulary, um, it's a great tool for them to put it in there. It, it simplifies it, paraphrases it for them, and then they're able to understand it. And again, this is great for, for students who do have verbal comprehension issues, um, who are unable to sort of um, to, to, to make meaning when the language is so dense. So that's rewordify.com. And as far as I can see, it's free. Um, and it has lots of really neat little, like it'll help you with vocabulary and things. So it's a great little tool. That's awesome. Um, that was actually, that was the one that we talked about when we were out for coffee, that we were sitting there and like, oh, I like rewordify. I'm like, what's that? And Jen started telling me, I'm like, stop the presses. And, and, <laughs> and then we're here today. So thank you, rewordify, for bringing Jen and I together. Oh, there you go. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, WordTune is another one that's very similar. It's like a combination of Quillbot and Rewordify, but it's freemium. So you only get 10 sort of rewrites a day um, and it includes paraphrasing. It includes changing uh, your text from casual to formal. So the, the what what Quillbot does as well, but it also changes the length of text as well. So you get 10 free per day um, and but then you can pay for a premium for uh, features so that's called word tune like again that. it's there are so many tools that can do very similar things so that might be one of those oh you know I don't like the format of Quillbot or whatever the case may be um, you might like that and then dictation.io is awesome uh, it does require the use of uh, Google Chrome but it's uh, speech to text so you're typing with your voice. Yeah. And what I love about that is the the so many translations with that particular tool. Um, so especially for some of our ELL students, being able to to do that uh, or use that tool is pretty pretty awesome. That's dictation.io. Yeah, that's I'm, I'm looking this one out now. I, this is another one I've never seen. One of the dictation um, tips that I love, and I was telling Jen before we got on, is again if you have a Mac, Jen and I are both Mac users, so I, apologies if you're on a Chromebook Sorry. or or elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, but for Mac users, one of the things that I use is I if you double tap the FN key. It's a shortcut for dictation. So you can go anywhere. You can be in any program, not just in Chrome. Like a lot of these we're talking about are web-based, but sometimes you're like, oh, I'm like, I use the standalone version of Outlook for my, um, for my school email. And I, I love dictating with my voice, but sometimes I don't want to do it on my phone. If you double tap your FN, your function key quickly on a Mac, it actually brings up a little microphone, like your dictation microphone, like you see in voice typing in um, Google Docs or well, all the Google tools. And you, you click that, it comes up and boom, it'll actually voice type everywhere. And it's actually really accurate. I'm, I'm sometimes amazed at how accurate it is because I was like, oh, I flubbed that. But it just, it's not only listening to you, but it's, it's using, you know, smart AI gremlins in your computer kind of stuff to be able to, uh, to say, hey, what would make sense here is this. So double tapping that FN key, super helpful if you're looking to do voice dictation. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And then uh, Lexico is an app that you can get. And it, uh, it's, it's something that helps new readers or readers with dyslexia or learning challenges or visual processing disorders. 
it is freemium again. Um, but I feel like all of the tools we've shared right now are more for middle and high school users. Absolutely. And Lexico really does have that elementary uh, primary school kind of interface. Nice. Um, I, unfortunately, it is freemium. Like, so you would have to pay um, for some some of the, the more uh, interesting or important features, but it might be worth it if you have a child who's just an emerging reader or you already are suspecting that your child is having issues with beginning to read. And it's really cool. It, it will um, isolate the text um, and sort of what we were talking about with that Google read and write tool mm -hmm. or the masking tool, mm -hmm. um, but it also will take a sentence and isolate it for you in a yellow black the oh, nice! and just show the sentence yeah yeah that's yeah, awesome really cool that's awesome okay I'm gonna yeah. jump in with one more I have one last one and this was one I found and it's it's accessibility I, I was like does it work and then I thought yeah it absolutely worked for me so I was at a staff meeting uh last week and we were doing an activity and they're like okay just scan this QR code and then do this on a Jamboard and they wanted us to drag something and you couldn't drag it on the mobile version of Jamboard so I'm like oh okay so I'm like grabbing this QR code onto my phone, trying it, it's not working. I want to get it to my computer. So I'm sending it via airdrop to my computer. I'm waiting for the computer to load it. And by the time I actually got it there and was doing it, they're like, okay, we're going to move on. I'm like, but I haven't done my activity yet. And my executive functioning was firing off because I'm like, okay, what am I doing here? And which, and So I went out searching for a way to be able to read QR codes right on your computer. Because I had the slide deck Ooh. open on my computer, but I had to go to, because I had no way of doing it. I'm like, how do you take a picture on your screen? You do that. So I found this extension. It's called QR Reader. <laughs> QR Code Reader is what it's called. <laughs> Imagine that. QR Code Reader. And if you have it up, you just go up to your little extension icons there, click the QR Reader, and it will scan the whole page to find a QR code read it and then in the top right corner it just boom here's the link you want do you want a bit and you click a button and it opens that link right on your screen oh so i love that so if you do have access or your students have access and you're like okay a lot of you might be using your phone so here you go but they're like i don't want to pull out my phone because i know my phone is a major distraction for me Yes. I, I would love if yeah. kids actually thought that. And some do, I know, but I'd love it if more did. No. Or if they're like, I already have this one device open. I know pulling out the next one is just, it's going to be overwhelming yeah. for me, for someone like me. Um, it's it's a really good one. It's a QR code reader. It's a Google Chrome extension. It's free. It's so easy. Literally click a button and boom, it, it pulls up that link. So if you're looking for something like that, I, I could use this so much at conferences, right? Where I'm like, okay, I've got it, but now how am I going to remember where it is? And yeah. it's awesome. It's awesome. Totally getting that. As soon as we're done here. There you I go. love it. See, we both have homework. Podcast homework is the best homework. Okay, so you have <laughs> do, one last one, and I'm so happy you brought this up because I, I love this. I love this app. Love it. So, and it's it's a paid app, unfortunately. Yeah. And I, I know, like, I, I try to use free as much as possible. But I remember right before my keynote um, for Man Ace, I was talking to my friend Melissa Hayes. And if you do not know her, at Miss Hayes fam on Twitter, she is an incredible teacher. I mean, I would love to be in her class. And her daughter, Abby, is just, she's amazing. We love her. Um, we get regular updates about her. I feel like I haven't known her, but I feel like I know her so well. Um, and she, we asked her, what's your favorite tool? And Flip, Microsoft Flip was one of them. But the other one was Notability. And Notability um, is great for students with slow handwriting and processing speed, um, kids who are 
poor note takers uh, who tend to miss things because it has so many different features. I mean, you can you can record things, um, you can have it right. Like if you have attention lapses during classroom lectures, it will help you. Um, so any any it, it basically does everything all rolled up into one. Yeah. I think so. So when um, when we and, had Bennett um, go through his psychological testing and he came back with his um, with his ADHD diagnosis we went into iPad testing. They suggested an iPad. He was in the third grade at the time. So they suggested an iPad over a computer just because of fine motor skills and, and that and the, you know, the durability, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they taught him notability. And I sat in with him, right? Cause he was so little. And I was like, what? And this, my favorite notability, and you, you touched on it, but I want to really lay it out is if you're sitting and listening to a lecture or someone speak, or even in a meeting, like I've taken this into doctor's meetings. I've, I found it really helpful. You can re start Ooh. recording. So you voice record and it records everything that's said in that room. And then you write and you can go back. And once you're all done, you like stop the recording. And so you're writing your notes as you go. And again, you may have missed a few things or you might just want to write keywords. But what happens is you when you replay, it will gray out all of your writing and then as the um, audio progresses, it darkens where you were writing at that time. So I can go in and be like, oh, if I only want to write the highlights of a lecture or the meeting with this doctor, I can then tap on a word like, oh, they said something about suspicious mole. So I click that and it will go to that point in the recording at what the doctor is saying. Now, because you're not necessarily, I find I'm not writing, I write it just a little bit after they've said it. I just rewind it about 10 seconds and then I can hear exactly what they said so I don't if you have a student and I remember working with a student years ago who could read and listen to a lecture at the same time but could not write I would I would go in and scribe for him every day when I was a cert and Lucas was his name this would have been perfect for him to be able to sit and listen and just write one word at a time to trigger his memory and then go back and listen to it and at the same time maybe import pictures which you can also do from a textbook exactly, that will help yeah. trigger his memory like it's it is get it go to YouTube watch all the videos because there's tons of them out there on all the different features it is mind-blowing what it can do anyway carry on Jen with what you love mm -hmm. no I thought it's mind-blowing what it can do <laughs> leave it at that yep so um notability is uh it it's too bad well I guess it's not too bad I mean they have to make their money somehow but, it, but it's so robust that I think that you know for a student who would use it every day it would be worth the money yeah. And it's uh, when we bought it, it was like $15. So it's not, and yeah. it's a one-time buy at the time. Yeah. Anyway, it's not, yeah, it's not a subscription, you know, which you find where you're like, Oh, you're paying $6 a month or you pay, which I'm kind of surprised they haven't moved to that model. And $15, I think can be quite accessible for a lot of people here in Ontario. That's one hour of work at minimum wage that will help you tenfold that to advance, you know, either your education or any kind of um, note taking that you need to do is, is really awesome awesome so the the last thing and I'll it's a of, combination of tech like you can write as well can't you oh yeah yeah you and you can like it's, you yeah, can it's, write like I use it use I actually used it in a meeting last week um you can write and then you can select where you're writing tap it and say convert to text and it will change your handwriting into typed text so if you're faster at type at writing than you are, even if it's messy, mm -hmm. than you are at typing, it can really help. Like I find like I just got my nails done last week and while they're short, I'm still getting used to because I haven't had nails since before the pandemic. I'm still getting used to that little bit of extra length on my nails like those people with those crazy long nails. 
that look like they could like I don't stop. know how, I don't know how do you do it <laughs> like they, everything's on my finger on my the pads of my fingers I'm like but I don't get it it's not it's not my thing anyway yeah oh some great shares here Jen some great shares the one the last one that I will plug because you can still join I am still running um, I learned to sketch note with Jen Giffen so today I sketch noted cohort four it started on January the 28th so we're a few weeks into it. we're into week three we just started but you can totally join late um I, I'm saying this in this episode, A, it's shameless plug, and B, because I want to, um, I want people to explore this because this is another tool for accessibility, right? Sketchnoting can make note-taking really accessible for students who get distracted, who have trouble synthesizing, who need that deeper understanding, who need help with retention, who need um, help with um, recall. Like there, it, it just helps so, so much. I have a bunch of science that I share in the course behind it as to why it's, it's beneficial. So if it's something that you would like to learn, I also encourage people to do it along with their classes. Uh, once you join, you have it forever. So even if you're not doing it in real time with us, you could sort of watch a week and then do it with your class and the next week watch another week like it could take you a whole year instead of just the six weeks we do it in but it's still there head over to today i sketchnoted.com link in the show notes of course and you can uh you can join and 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 oh jen's jen's gonna say something jen would you like to talk about the course well i was just gonna say oh i thought you brought it up because i did take the course you did. remember and it's infancy so i thought you were gonna you were bringing it up so i can talk about how awesome it is I was, and it was I, it is awesome and i and i do sketch i do do sketch noting um what you know sylvia duckworth's work has really helped me some yeah. of your work has really helped me as well but it but agreed right like showing kids how they can take notes in a way that allows them to remember things because we know that when you're using text and images it activates more parts of your brain i'm sure that's what um you know and and you laid it out so well and you're quirky and a little bit funny though the dad jokes i don't know i like my dad jokes. <laughs> but it, it is a great course a, thank you it is a great course. i was happy to have you in there i was happy to have you in there and in, in cohort one member Jennifer Cassatod. Yes. Yeah, that was a big cohort. Yeah. That was a fun one. But yeah, we're, we're small in this one. It's a small cohort, but it's very active. We have like four or five in there. I think I think we're at like 30 or 40 people. And But there's four or five of us who are like constant like chatting and we're learning. Two of them are already sketchnoters, like very active sketchnoters, but they're in just for that daily practice to build that routine and and get that. They bring, bring them a lot of joy. So they're so fun. And I have a, a number of, um, about a third of the class are retakes because they do allow you, this is another plug for the course, if you ever want to jump on a cohort again, once you pay for it once, you never have to pay again. So you can join another cohort another time if the timing works. If you're like, ah, it was good, but I'd like to do it synchronously instead of asynchronously anyway okay shameless plug over jen thank you for spending sunday morning with me jen thank you for having me of course anytime i love this hopefully people are going to find a lot of stuff in here i don't know how you couldn't because like you and i both learn stuff and we're pretty entrenched in this kind of work mm -hmm. so um remember what we always say on the show folks if you have an aha, give it a go. Hopefully you've found something in here that can work for you or a loved one or a student that you're working with, whatever it happens to be. So until next time, if you have an aha, give it a go. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. All right. So I totally forgot to ask Jen to share where she could be found. So I will do that now. You can find her on social media at jcassatod and her website is jcassatod.com. Okay, on to closing. That's it for this episode of Shooks and GIF. Show notes for this and all episodes can be found at shooksandgif.com. That's S-H-U and G-I-F-F dot com. As always, I would love to hear about your ahas. I can be found on social media at virtualgif with two Fs 
or you can email me, jen at virtualgift.com. Thanks for listening. And as always, have an aha, give it a go.